Hello, and welcome to the Faculty Chronicles, TFC, a podcast sponsored by the Turo Center on Excellence in Teaching and Learning and the Office of the Provost. Your TFC podcast hosts are Professor Gina Bardwell and Dr. Elizabeth Uni. Across academic disciplines, Turo faculty are producing great work, and the Faculty Chronicles wants you to hear all about it. TFC podcast will highlight faculty chatting about their favorite projects in research, teaching, learning, science, medicine, technology, and so much more. So let's get busy building community, connection, and conversation tour-wide. Our next guests are on deck, ready to chat. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Faculty Chronicles. Our host, Elizabeth Uni, Chair and Associate Professor of the Toro College of Pharmacy. We have two guests for the day, Rosa Kim and Catherine Liu. Dr. Kim, after graduating with her PharmD from the Philadelphia College of Pharmacy, completed a one-year fellowship in medical, informa- medical information communications from the Fersenius Medical Care Wingate University College of Pharmacy and an academic fellowship from the Tura College of Pharmacy, after which she completed a drug information residency from the Mercer University College of Pharmacy. She's currently an assistant professor and director of the drug information services at the Tura College of Pharmacy. Dr. Catherine Liu, after graduating with a PharmD from the University of Rhode Island College of Pharmacy, completed her postgraduate residency from the VA Connecticut Healthcare System. She's currently an assistant professor and coordinator of the interprofessional education at the Turo College of Pharmacy in New York. Welcome Rosa and welcome Catherine to today's show. Okay, so, thank you so much for having us. So Rosa, you started working with Turo College of Pharmacy in 2017, is that right? Um, yes, 2017. So I did three years of residency. I always have to count, so 2015, 16, 16, 17, 17 so no, actually 2018, yeah. You started in 2018, and Catherine, you started with Toro College of Pharmacy in? Also 2018. 2018. And in 2019, you both received uh, the Toro Innovation Grant. Now, that was pretty cute. You know, you just landed here and you came up with your first innovation grant. So congratulations on that because that is quite remarkable. So we would like to hear from you this innovation grant that you received on Interprofessional Education Escape Room. So tell us about it. So what is this IPE Escape Room? Um, Yeah, sure. So it's part of the... um, the core curriculum, the IPE, Interprofessional Education, is part of the core curriculum at Toro College of Pharmacy. I believe they started it back in 2018, I believe, 2018 spring semester. Is that right, Catherine? I think spring 2019. 2019. Yeah, yeah. so it was always there, but it was never part of like a core, curric- um, like core curriculum, but now it became part of the actual course. Um, Essentially what we do is we bring different students from different disciplines. So like medicine, dental, pharmacy, sometimes like the PT students are there and other like healthcare professionals. And the goal is to have 
the students come in and realize that healthcare team is an interprofessional team um, so that they recognize like what are each other's role and learn how to communicate with each other because that is essentially what they'll be doing once they go out into the real world when they're caring for the patient. Um, so escape room, um, so just to uh, try specs, so what usually they do is they will usually have for the IPE, like they'll have a patient case to work up. And the point is they will have like a lively discussion to talk about what are the problems and really come to a solution of like how, what are their recommendations and whatnot, uh, which have its own limitations. Uh, it's, it's interesting and they get to interact with people, but it, we thought there were some limitation and we were thinking about what is a way to actually make it more exciting, um, a little bit more interesting. And that's where these escape room component came up, came about. So escape room is basically um, gamifying the, um, the case. So we adopted the gaming model to really make the case a little bit more interactive, a little bit more exciting for the students. Interesting. So um, maybe, you know, for me as well as for the audience, uh, maybe you can explain a little bit more about what exactly is this escape room? What, what is it? What is the theory behind it or how does it play? Yeah, so the escape room is um, honestly came about more so as a recreational activity. Um, so it became much more popular a couple within the past decade, I would say, um, but generally was used much more just as a fun event for friends, family members to go to. Um, but basically um, in the recreational game of it, um, you go to a certain location in which um, the participants are essentially locked in a room. And then within the uh, activity, there's different themes. Um, so based off of the theme, they may have different um, puzzles, different codes or different strategies in which uh, all of the team members really have to work together, collaborate in order for them to figure out how do we, you know, um, get through all of the different challenges, all the different puzzles in order to successfully escape the room. Um, so that's the recreational um, activity. Um, however, through the years, you know, I think a lot of corporations found that it was also really excellent for team building. So many companies would send their, um, their employees there to really just form stronger bonds. And then educationally, it was also adopted um, because, uh, same thing, you know, um, various disciplines, especially in healthcare, we know communication is such a critical part of patient care. So um, by communicating effectively with one another and collaborating, um, you know, you can certainly help treat a patient better. Um, so uh, we had thought that by incorporating, you know, this really fun, um, you know, game, and in, in addition to our interprofessional education, it would certainly, you know, not only make it more um, fun for the students, but also also still um, incorporate that collaborative portion of it where the students really had to work together in order to help, you know, tr uh, treat a patient. So, so when you did it in your course, did you actually have a room that was locked or how did you, what was the escape thing? How did you, well, how did you do it? No, no, we definitely didn't um, lock the students in a room. I don't think that would be acceptable for our institution, our college's policies. Um, but we did uh, 
uh, group the students. So the students were divided into 13 different groups with seven to eight students per group. Um, and as uh, Dr. Kim had mentioned, uh, there was um, osteopathic medicine students, pharmacy students, and dental students. Um, so we had organized each group so that there was the, you know, um, similar amounts of students of each discipline. So the groups were pretty even. Um, and then within that, they had were assigned to various study rooms within our uh, college. Um, so that in the study rooms, you know, they weren't locked in, but essentially they were in that room and they would have to utilize the different resources within that room in order to be able to complete the activity. Yeah, and the way they we, um, they could tell that they escaped the room is the final step was they could, they actually had to open a safety box. So by figuring out that code and being able to open that, um, the safety box was the, our like alternative escape, I should say, yeah. Oh, got it. Okay, so was it time bound? Yes, it was timed activity. Um, it was about 20 minutes, I believe. Um, so in like usually the escape room in recreational, the game, it's about like an hour, 60 minutes, I think. So because it is actually timed, and after that time, it's like you either escaped or you failed. Um, so that also kind of creates a, that need to like communicate effectively, work as a team. So tell us a little bit about what are some of the activities they did? Like you said, in the recreational one, there will be puzzles, there can be clues, uh, you know, what are some of the activities that you did? Because right now we are talking about a patient case, um, you know, a patient is at risk for some kind of a safety problem. What kind of activities did you use? Yeah, so... Um... Some of the activity, not to give it, you know, all of the activities away, of course, only because we do hope to recreate this activity for the students since they really enjoyed it all together. Um, but for example, uh, one of the things was that we incorporated within each, uh, so within each group, of course, there were the seven to eight students. There was also a faculty preceptor who was really just there to really more so observe the group and really see and assess, you know, how are they communicating? Um, and then at the very end, if they completed the activity successfully, they could kind of talk about what went right, what went wrong, you know, provide suggestions, things like that. Um, but then also there was a standardized patient. So we had a patient actor, um, one for each group. Um, and so the very beginning of the case was that, you know, the patient actor was in the room. Um, we had told the students, this patient is here at the interdisciplinary clinic and you have to figure out how to manage this patient. But the first thing, um, the, the first instruction was, you know, you, uh, the patient will only address you if you address them by their name. So we didn't provide the students with that information. They kind of had a scrounge around through the room and they ended up having to use different resources. So we had the patient's name um, written invertly. And so there was a mirror in the room that the, the students had to go and find in order to be able to invert the instructions and read out what that patient's name was. Um, so that was one type of puzzle or activity to kind of make it fun. Um, but then through that, the patient um, would then say, you know, came in with their specific problem. So for our, for this um, activity, the patient had a dental issue. Um, and then they also had wanted to switch one of their medications. Um, so 
you know, another uh, uh, puzzle that we had kind of put together was, um, you know, while they had asked, oh, what medications are you currently taking? The patient said, oh, I don't know what medications I take, but here's a picture of them. So it provided a picture of the medications and then the students had to utilize another resource in order to be able to identify those. Wow, that's quite interesting. So this is quite innovative, I have to say, you know, to do some, something like a gamification in the classroom with the faculty and students involved and students from different colleges involved. So what was the impetus for this activity? How, how did it come about, you know? So where did it all come start from? Um, yeah, so it came from actually, I piloted this project in my other course. Um, my other course is known as um, Drug Information Literature Evaluation, and it is a very dry course. <laughs> Students don't find it too exciting, and it's, it's very sad for me as a drug information specialist. The students are a little bored during my lectures. I'm always looking for ways to make it a little bit more exciting. I want to see their like, you know, smiles and get them really excited for the activities that they have. Um, so I was looking for ways to do that. And um, I attended this one webinar where a faculty from another college used this uh, escape room to do a similar activity in drug information. And I thought that was really interesting. And she did that with actually the fourth year students. So they, it was a little bit more advanced, um, like patient case, drug information type of activity. But I thought, you know, I could definitely make it a little bit more simple so that our P1, our first year students can actually go through the problems as well and just use the same like modeling because I thought it was really exciting. And, um, while I was doing research to kind of figure out like what is an escape room, how is it used in like educational um, settings, I definitely saw that it is used to actually um, educate the, the healthcare professionals who are like out of grad, who graduated. And also it is being used at some colleges as like an IPE activity as well. So I thought, oh, this is something really great. I, I wish we could do that too. So I always had this in the back of my mind. And then once I heard that like, there are curriculum changes and Catherine, Dr. Lewis, part of the committee, I approached her saying like, you know, I did this with my students if he wanted drug information and they loved it. They, they got so excited. I got excited too. <laughs> so I thought, you know, like it's something that we could definitely do knowing that students these days, they're so competitive and um, it's something that can kind of like fire up their like excitement. So that was my idea. Wow. Very interesting. So, um, and then you decided to write this grant for this, for the university, you know, write the innovation grant. How was that grant writing experience? You know, like it is not the typical research grants that you write. If you're writing an innovation grant, bringing up your innovative idea, how was a grant writing experience? And maybe when you're talking about that, you can say a little bit also about your collaboration because you both come in in 2018 and then you collaborated very well to have a successful project going on. So tell us a little bit about your collaboration and this grant writing experience. Yeah, so um, in terms of the great grant writing experience, this certainly was the first time that I had ever put together a grant application. Um, so when uh, Rosa or Dr. Kim had approached me, um, one of the things that we really had talked about was utilizing our assessment dean as a resource. So. Um, our assessment dean is very easily accessible. He's always willing to help, um, you know, 
faculty in terms of um, helping them understand what type of assessment data would need to be collected as well as providing ideas. Um, so immediately uh, Rosa had reached out to uh, Dean Shaw in order to set up a meeting. And from that, um, you know, she really just explained what her idea was and how we could collaborate with interprofessional education course. Um, and he really helped us in terms of laying the, the groundwork, you know. So um, from that, we were able to assess what are current competency tools that we already utilize um, within interprofessional education and could we utilize the same type of survey in this study to help showcase you know um, what what objective we're really looking for. Um, so we ended up discussing that, you know, the primary um, objective that we were looking for was to see the improvement of student um, com communication, collaboration, teamwork, um, and just global interaction overall, um, utilizing that specific tool. Um, and so I think uh, collaborating and, and really getting that advice from our assessment team was a huge um, benefit and resource for us. Great. And you both uh, knew each other more or you came to know each other after coming to Torah College of Pharmacy or how was that collaboration? Or it was a natural thing because Catherine is in the IPE and you already piloted it and you decided use your complement your skills. Uh, no, so since Catherine and I, we literally started to work at Torah about a month apart. So we got to know each other very well. We did our like new faculty orientation together. We attended like the new faculty did like the lunch together. Um, and throughout our um, career at Toro in that short month, we became very good friends. And that it also helped that she's also part of the um, IP co-curriculum. So I reached out to her. Um, yeah. That's great. So now you have this idea, you got the grant. But now it is not just Toro College of Pharmacy. There is Toro College of Osteopathic Medicine. There is dental school. There is faculty there. How did that go? Like, how did you convince all this faculty from all the other schools saying that let's play instead of, you know, <laughs> yes, of course you're working, but you're gamif gamifying your work. How, how did you convince all these other faculty saying, let's do this? How did that process go? Yes, yeah, so um, the benefit of the interprofessional education um, curriculum that we already had was because we already had uh, two semesters worth of um, uh, that course being run, I had already gotten connected with faculty from these various colleges um, and built a really solid relationship with them. So when uh, when Dr. Kim did bring up the idea, and I was like, this is really excellent. And then once um, we had gotten the funding and also the the grants, um, you know, I, I knew that we really wanted to move forward. So um, in terms of in interacting with the other faculty, I have to say that that was something that was a little bit of a barrier in terms of just communicating what our idea was. Um, and the barrier wasn't really because of, um, you know, the interprofessional aspect of it. I think it was really just explaining the escape room activity um, in theory, um, only because uh, there's a little bit of a generational difference between the faculty. Um, so for Dr. Kim and myself, we're I believe for millennials, um, whereas the faculty from osteopathic medicine and the dental medicine school, um, I think they're Gen X or uh, baby boomers. So because the escape room activity events had really just come out in the past decade, um, for Rosa and myself, we had both 
participated, you know, just as um, a recreational activity at some point. So we were very familiar with it, as well as our other pharmacy colleagues. Um, however, the other faculty at the other schools had never heard about this activity at all. So for them, um, explaining, oh, well, you know, we're going to get all the students together. We're going to incorporate that there's a dental infection, um, that they may need an extraction of the tooth, um, also that they're on an anticoagulant, a blood thinner, and they need to change it um, because of patient preferences, but we're going to incorporate, you know, insurance preferences into that. Also need to assess if the patient has conditions that would make that selection um, drug of choice, you know, be dependent and change. Um, they were, uh, but at the same time, let's also incorporate puzzles such as having a mirror or having a lockbox or also a patient actor at the same time. Um, so they were certainly a bit overwhelmed to say the least. Um, but uh, the good thing was that um, I think they trusted us because um, we had already built a relationship over the past couple of semesters. And then also we had put together a um, trial run. Um, Rosa, do you wanna speak about the trial run that we went through? Yeah, sure. So after we kind of refined the cases, uh, what we did it was we invited three faculty from College of Pharmacy to have them actually go through the case. It was just so we can also see if there are anything that seemed a little more difficult or needed a little bit more uh, modification. Because our thought was like, if the faculty can figure it out, the students might also have some difficulties. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we actually did a trial run. And because throughout communicating with the other faculty from other schools, we kind of thought like, oh, maybe they need to actually see what's happening to kind of have an understanding of what they will be doing on the day of event. So we actually video, um, we took a video like and then sent that over to the uh, other faculty. And then once they saw what they were doing, um, I think they felt a little more comfortable of actually going ahead and administering this activity to students. Awesome. So you convinced them. So you were like, okay, you, you talked to them, you recorded what you're gonna do. So you showed it to them and finally they're like, okay. And you used the keyword, it was trust. They trusted you, you know, they knew you, would, you can pull this off. All right, so everything is planned. You're, you have everyone on board and comes the big day that you're actually doing this. So how did that day go? Was there any challenges, any glitch? Uh, was it all success? How did the day go? I think it was pretty successful in general. Um, out of like 13 groups, um, 12 groups were able to escape. One of them, unfortunately, but they got very close. <laughs> if they had like a couple more minutes, I believe they would have um, escaped. Um, so in general, it was a success, I think. Um, students kind of came in not knowing what they were supposed to be doing or like not knowing what they will face. And yeah. then they went in and they thought like, you know, like, oh, it's gonna another like patient case to find out it's like a fun escape room. So I think that was a little exciting for them as well. Um, it was really interesting to see that just by putting this gaming component to it and really firing up their, you know, competitive uh, nature, like, you know, they really start talking and they're like, so interested in figuring out this um, puzzle because it's kind of like a challenge for them to actually like, you know, break that challenge. Um, so one thing that we definitely notice in our traditional um, patient case-based discussion, sometimes it just is silent until like a faculty member will be like so what do you think so we have to like really initiate and encourage them to speak to each other 
versus here, it's kind of it's like natural. Like they see a puzzle and everybody's like, oh, let's do this. How about that? Like, what about this? So by doing mm -hmm. that, they're initiating their own conversation. So that was really good, I think. So overall, I thought it was a pretty good success. Yeah, I also wanted to point out that um, even though uh, 12 out of the 13 groups were successful and that one group, you know, wasn't able to, you know, escape the room or treat the patient, essentially, um, I will say that it, it's a good marker because it showcases that the case wasn't easy all around, you know, it, yeah. it really did require collabor collaborating really effectively, but also some baseline knowledge of what, you know, um, the disease states were involved and how could each discipline contribute to the case. So I think it was actually a good thing that not every single group um, completed it successfully. <laughs> that, that, that's good to know. So what was the feedback from the other faculty who participated in this thing? You know, so they, they trusted you and they went with it and they participated. And then at the end of it, what was the feedback from this other faculty? The other faculty absolutely loved the activity at the end. Um, and one of them had told me, he, he had said, you know, Catherine, to tell you the truth, I had a lot of reservations coming into this activity. Even after watching the video, I was like, I don't know if our students could do this. But actually witnessing and seeing the students in action and the fact that they were able to be so independent and really ask each other, well, what do you think? Um, oh, how about this puzzle? Or, you know, also in terms of this medication, it's really important to look at these lab values. Um, uh, so through seeing the students interact with one another and, and having them being able to successfully complete the, the activity, he was really impressed. He was like, we need to do this more often. How else can we incorporate this into other activities? Um, and it really helped uh, set more innovation in terms of um, even our interprofessional education experiences. Um, so we're certainly brainstorming even more about how can we make our activities um, much more interactive and, and much more fun for the students at the same time, as well as being educational. That's great. And what about the feedback from the students, you know, so they went through something which they didn't expect going to happen coming to school, you know, that they could play. So uh, what is the feedback from the students? Students in general, I think they really, um, they really enjoyed it. Uh, not just for this IP, but also for the other, like my other courses. In general, I think they just really like this kind of activity. Um, it's just something different than what we usually do in our um, courses. Of course, we are always trying to make it a little bit more interactive, but sometimes because of like the general perception, you know, like the activities are a little boring, a little dry. It's just another thing that they have to do. So like even though faculty get really excited about the activities that we do, sometimes students, because they are pretty nice to um, so they will just say like, okay, yeah, I'm really excited, but they're not. But for this one, <laughs> I think they really were excited. And they also, they were the ones who are witnessing the differences that they had to do. Like you know, they were more willing to participate and talk about it. And um, so that was kind of like um, things that, that I think they also noticed and they really had enjoyed it. That's awesome. So, uh, you know, for you both, I, I, you know, in your first year of teaching, this can be a very, um, uh, what is to say, I won't call it as a challenge, but it was a, it was a big, big thing for you both to do it. So what did you both learn out of it? What was your big takeaway when you finished doing this? You know, what was your big learning experience? 
summit. So from this experience, uh, oh, sorry about that. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, uh, from this experience, I learned um, how making activities um, more kind of like uh, more hands-on for students, students really are interested in doing so. Um, you know, instead of keeping, you know, uh, as, uh, activities more assignment-based or, you know, just having a general discussion, um, while students may gain a lot from it, by incorporating more hands-on activities, um, I think students actually get much more out of it because they feel much more involved, but also uh, take more responsibility at the same time. So they may not need as much prompting from the facilitator or the preceptor, um, and they may take more initiative to say, hey, this is my thought and, and this is what I, um, um, can contribute to the team. Um, so from this, I really love to incorporate even more, um, you know, hands-on activities as much as possible. Great. Rosa, any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, so I definitely agree. You know, like a um, couple years ago, I think it was one of our colleagues, um, Keith, Dr. Valtry, he said something just like passing by, he was just saying, you know, students are so like competitive, you just kind of give them the candies, and they'll still work so hard to just get a candy. And I thought like, oh, that's really funny. He's just joking, but it's actually true. <laughs> so that's something that I definitely like noticed firsthand. So in terms of like my teaching and education, it really like highlighted again, the importance of making it really a little bit more student-centered um, because they're the ones that are learning and making it interactive definitely has its like advantage. Of course, a passive learning, we can get a lot of information out to the students and just kind of give them a lot of that um, sense of responsibility. You gotta really read this and be able to learn that. But at the same time, active learning kind of really incorporates everything together. So I thought that was a really great, um, just a reassurance that these active learnings are effective for students. Great. You know, I'm sure the readers, uh, the, our listeners out there uh, will be having the question as to, is this only something that can be done in a healthcare course, or is this something that can be done in any course that they want to do? Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Is this something that you think can be incorporated into any course? Yeah, definitely. So as long as it is something that involves teamwork and communication, I think it can be really modified to like fit into any kind of course because the essence of Escape Room is um, really the teamwork and communication among the different people. So it doesn't have to be a patient case. It could even be like, I don't know, like maybe an English course. They have to like read through like a literature and figure out like what are the different thoughts and just, you know, it can, it can be very creative as long as it's a team-based um, assignment. I think it can definitely be converted into an escape room. Got it. So any tips for our listeners? when they are, if they want to, you know, venture out into developing an escape room for one of their activities. Any tips for our listeners as to what they should be thinking about, what they should be careful about? Uh, what are your thoughts? I would say definitely plan this advent uh, well in advance only because uh, there are so many different components and especially if you are working with other colleges or other teams, um, really just uh, honing in on a date, place and time um, sometimes can be a barrier in itself. And then in addition to, you know, getting all of the personnel, uh, you know, understanding of what the expectations of uh, the activity will entail, um, 
Uh, so definitely planning well in advance. Anything Rosa? Um, my other um, suggestion would be actually to seek for any financial support from the college or the administration because of course it can be done without any support from them because the first time I piloted my course <laughs> I didn't know I could actually ask for money <laughs> I did everything by hand it was really silly like one of the uh, puzzles was actually like they had to figure out drug name Simvastatin so I printed a lot of uh, the Simba from like the Lion King. I printed a lot of pictures of that and I hand cut everything. So it was very like unrefined and students still enjoyed it. But really these, this IP escape room was much better in quality in terms of the puzzles and the materials that we had. So I think the financial component is something that you should also consider if you are able to get support from the college or any other people um, like through a grant. Um, it is something that they to also consider and look for that kind of opportunities. Got it. So we're saying we should have planning and financial planning. How mm -hmm. about time? How much time did you both you know, put into it to get this, uh, you know, to get that day running? How much time went into it? I, that's a great question. I think because Rose and I um, really, we, when we had first come up with the idea, um, uh, and then then executed the activity. It had been, you know, almost six months later. So because Rose and I really just worked on it slowly over time and then integrated other faculty into it, um, the time itself probably, would you say like 50 hours um, in total? Okay. Yeah. So uh, like a one and a half weeks. Right, right, exactly. Um, I would, another tip that I would definitely say is have a trial run, um, only because sometimes it, you can overlook something and it may seem very simple or clear, um, but uh, doing a trial run is actually, uh, is good because then you can anticipate potential ways that maybe students get around doing a puzzle or, or, or they may get confused by certain things. Um, so we did the one trial run with three faculty. Um, and then from that, we actually realized, oh, we should adjust some parts of our activity and then do a, do a second trial run. So we did that in a combination of both faculty and students. Um, so if possible, definitely schedule time also to do a trial. So this P hours you say, is it because we had um, three different schools involved? So let's say if it is just one, one course and one class or something like that, you still need that much time or the time will be much less to get this all prepared? I would say it still took me as much time. It actually takes a lot more time if you do it by yourself because you're the one who has to plan the event, come up with the puzzles, the cases, and then you actually have to figure out like, do you want to do a trial run, then figure out the, the faculty time and everything else. So if anything, it might take a little bit longer time. Of course, you can be more flexible with that schedule because you are the one who's doing it. But it definitely takes um, as much time, if not more, if you are just doing it for your own course by yourself. Got it. So now I think the one thing everyone has in their mind is that we are in the COVID era and we are doing everything online. And the way you both are talking, the students enjoyed this activity and you want to continue doing this. So how will you be doing this? Will you, will, will you be doing this online? And if so, uh, did you find any ways to get it done online? 
Yeah, so I do think that um, we do hope to repeat this activity. Um, we'd certainly have to manipulate it now that it's no longer an in-person activity. However, I do think it's certainly feasible. Um, certain aspects of the case that we had put together already utilized um, online resources. So for example, um, as I had mentioned, you know, students needed to identify what medications the patient was on through the picture of the medication. Um, so we actually used a, we had a QR code um, somewhere hidden in the room that the students had to therefore find. And then they uh, were uh, on the QR code was the instructions, just hold your phone up to this QR code and it automatically brings you to um, whatever website that we had coded it for. Um, so there, there are certainly um, ways that we can adjust for the activity so that it can be done virtually, perhaps through the Zoom platform with the use of breakout rooms. Great. So you're, you're all ready to go with it, COVID or not, we are doing the escape room. That's great. So what are some other projects that you're thinking in your mind? You know, because it looks like gamification is, um, you know, a way for students to learn. In fact, there is a journal called uh, games for health healthcare students, uh, something like that. And the journal is all about, you know, the different games to teach students. So it seems to be the way the millennial students coming in, they are more into these games and they may actually enjoy learning like this. So are you both thinking of any new projects that you might be able to do um, using games to teach students? Um, I'm definitely interested, um, especially for my course, because my course actually is all about finding information. And so it's a little bit easy for me to actually create a game. So they have to actually solve a puzzle to find whatever um, is that they're supposed to find. So I'm definitely looking and I also have a great group of support from other DI faculty from other college of pharmacies, and they are all going through the same um, challenge that this subject is very dry. So they are actually very creative in making the courses very exciting. Um, so I attend like webinars and they are always talking about like ideas and um, other innovative teaching strategies in drug information. So I'm always looking and I definitely want to try something this upcoming semester. Not sure how smoother will go with like my first time trying it maybe over Zoom. Um, so, but I'm definitely uh, looking forward to more um, projects. That's great. Well, thank you both so much for coming to the Faculty Chronicles today and uh, sharing your experiences with the IPE escape room. For sure, it sounds like a very interesting project you did that was enjoyed very much by the students, the other faculty, and you both as the coordinators. Uh, you know, I think when you're coming up with the new projects, please let us know. I think we should be happy to bring you back to the podcast and talk to you about the new projects that you're doing. Uh, well, thank you both so much for coming to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Hope you enjoyed today's episode with the Faculty Chronicles. Tune in next time to have more special stories. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Faculty Chronicles, TFC, Turo's podcast featuring the projects and work of faculty throughout the Turo College and University system. TFC is sponsored by the Office of the Provost and Kettle, the Center for Excellence in Teaching and Learning. We hope you like what you heard and will keep listening. So join us next time on The Faculty Chronicles as we highlight and share faculty achievements that build community, connection, 
and continuous conversation.